Welcome to my podcast. Uh, this is Mike Cohen, and it's a pleasure to have two old friends uh, from, from years past, uh, guys I spent a lot of fun times with, Bernie Farber and Ron Sillag. Now, how do I know these guys? Well, Bernie Farber uh, worked with me at the Canadian Jewish Congress. I worked there for over a decade. I was the National Director of Communications. Bernie uh, held a, a number of important positions, rising to uh, CEO uh, when I had left. And uh, Ron Sillag, uh, I first met him when he was a reporter for the Suburban many moons ago. And when he moved to Toronto, we maintained our connection when he wrote for the Canadian Jewish News, worked for the Canadian Jewish Congress, worked for, I remember, Lifestyles magazine. One minute he was assigning me an article. The next week he was calling me to say, now you're my boss, because he was a <laughs> communications person for Ontario. I'll never forget that phone call. Welcome, guys. Well, good. Thank you. Good to nice be here, to be Michael. Here. Thank and good. Good, good to have all those memories reignited, good and bad. Absolutely. Well, the reason I have you on is because for the past couple of months, I've been an avid reader of your new creation, the Canadian Jewish Record. This is a website that was started when the Canadian Jewish News uh, closed. Uh, the CJN had been around for a long time. I was among those faithful subscribers. And uh, in our family, we more or less looked at it quickly when it came to the house on Thursday and then because we have no Sunday paper in Montreal, this was our Sunday reading. So we do miss it, but I'm an online guy, and I love the Canadian Jewish record. Uh, Bernie, let's start off with you. How did this all start? Well, it all started with the demise, actually, of the Canadian Jewish news. Um, many people contacted me through social media, text, telephone calls, uh, really bemoaning the fact that there was no longer a Canadian Jewish news. And I, I think, Ron, and Ron will correct me if I'm wrong, we, we just really started talking about this and thought, well, you know, we could put together a small little blog. That, that's really how it started, uh, you know, that, where we can post online some, some stories just as a means by which to keep um, the community united and keep them informed. Um, and <clears throat> quite frankly, that's how it began. And it mushroomed from there. I mean, we... We were, and remember, all of this to this very day is done as an act of tzedakah, it's an act of charity. Every person who writes, our journalists, our pundits, uh, everyone, our columnists, our, our, our newspaper reporters, all of whom are professional for the most part, they've all had years of experience, uh, but they do this as their gift to the community. And so it just mushroomed from there to a point now where uh, it's, it's kind of gone a little viral. People expect it. They like it. Ron will be able to tell you a little bit more about the kind of articles that we receive on a, on a regular basis. Um, but it is just what it says it is, a Canadian Jewish record. And, and during these pandemic times, it's, to, to me, an urgent lifeline for those who really want to know about what's going on in the Canadian Jewish community. Ron, would you like to expand upon that? Well, um, there's not much more to say other than um, I was amazed at how quickly the Canadian Jewish record was uh, lapped up. I mean, uh, there was a definite – what the CJN showed and its demise showed was that there was such a vacuum left by it and, and a need to fill it quickly. And so we moved quickly. We moved, some might say, a little too quickly. The CJN folded in April. We were already online. About a month later, in a rudimentary way, but we were providing uh, news, commentary, information, arts coverage, and it just it just exploded. Um, people wanted it and needed it, and uh, um, you know, 
we know we know we were uh, doing something right when I got my first bit of hate mail about three days into the uh, new site. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it it shows a need and a desire for news and information. Uh, but sadly, that need and desire uh, wasn't expressed um, uh, more forcefully enough because the CJN has now died a second time. People might remember that it. The, it went under, uh, uh, I think in 2013, it was brought back to life after a community outcry. And here we are after another mini outcry that was enough to sort of uh, float our boat for a while. And, and I don't know, I speak to our web guys and they, they're surprised at, at how popular we are and how many people are reading us. And that's seen in letters to the editor, in reaction, in Facebook posts, in, uh, and in the number of articles I get solicited and unsolicited just flowing in. You know, everyone's a pundit, everyone's a commentator, but there's also uh, people out there who are pitching news stories, feature ideas, and so on. So um, I've been pleasantly surprised and, and overworked at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing, Bernie. Uh, you uh, are sort of retired, uh, but you you took this on anyhow. I mean, I know you're, you say you're retired, but you're in the news still. You're with the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. You're never really fully retired, but, uh, you know, you are always a great, uh, person with the media. I remember working with you. You had contacts galore. And how does it feel to kind of be sort of a publisher right now? Well, this is it. I mean, I, I've done everything in this Jewish community from, you know, setting up chairs for events to uh, to writing and to uh, advocacy. I had, I had never done publishing before. I have a really newfound respect for journalism and for the publishing industry. Uh, I used to think that I would get, you know, emails when I was at Canadian Jewish Congress that, that numbered in, you know, the dozens and the hundreds sometimes, and some of them were very difficult to have to deal with. But as a publisher, you hear from everybody, from the extreme left to the extreme right to the extreme middle. Everybody has something to say. And and I have to say, and this is kind of interesting, that Ron and I really, I mean, we, we knew a little bit. Ron obviously knew a lot about the publishing business and and the journal and journalism. Uh, I knew a little bit about the community. It was kind of a nice shidduch, but none of us really knew about the business of journalism. Um, and, and we were really operating very much by the seat of our pants. Like, how did we know we had to actually register a name and that we had to become a nonprofit organization and that we had to raise a little bit of money because we needed a platform? And, and really, to the credit of, of, of a number of, uh, of philanthropists and, and other supporters who uh, supported this endeavor from the very beginning. Uh, Dr. Michael Dan, uh, Henry Wolfon, for example, um, and, and, and a number of other people, uh, uh, we were able to uh, cobble this together. Uh, we have a financial person who looks after our finances now. Um, yeah, we have a digital people. Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of fascinating. And, you know, the other uh, interesting thing is we, we, we retain the ability to have our word out there. Um, you know, I, I, I have certainly a point of view. People, some, some agree, some vehemently disagree. Azoi, that's the Jewish way. But at least there is a vehicle with which to express ourselves in a very difficult and, and some would say even dangerous time. Um, and, and the record right now is really providing, a, a, I think, a, a needed service. And to be honest, Mike, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to say that we're going to be able to maintain this kind of a level of upkeep and enthusiasm and keeping everybody working for nothing. This pandemic won't be here forever. 
Um, people won't be home forever. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to make decisions as to where this goes. And I, frankly, uh, I, I really do hope that there is another iteration of the Canadian Jewish news. I think it's iconic. Um, I, I think it was a huge loss for the community. Um, we are uh, both keeping afloat the idea of Jewish journalism, but the Canadian Jewish News has, for almost what 80, 80 years or more, been the, the you know the, the real lifeline. And I'm hoping that people are considering uh, its return. Well, I mean, uh, right now it's it's great reading. I hope it expands. Uh, I could see all kinds of things happening with this uh, with this online. You started it with a bang, and it could only get better. Uh, Ron, you've been in the business a long time. Uh, for our listeners in Shamedy, what was it like growing up in Shamedy, Quebec, Shamedy uh, Laval, and 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 getting getting on board the suburban, which in those days had a big following in in uh, Shamedy, which also had a very large Jewish community. Yeah, Shamedy was a, was a great place to grow up. Um, I was six years old when we moved to Shamedy, so I don't remember too much life before it. We came from uh, Van Horn. We lived at Van Horn and Stewart in, in a part of Outremont, not, not the best part of Outremont, but still. And then we moved to Chamonix where, you know, suddenly I had all this open space and trees to climb and, and friends to make and so on. So it was a good place to be a kid. It was a, a more difficult place to be an adolescent and to be a university student because, of course, you had to get into the city, get across the bridge uh, and get back. And uh, so it's, but still, I, I thought it was a great place to grow up. And, and we read The Suburban because it arrived free on the doorstep. And in, those, <laughs> and in those days, it was a sizable, you know, it was hard to ignore. It was a substantial physical publication. Some, some weeks it was like 60 pages. And yeah. So it landed as a bit of a thud on the doorstep, and I always looked at it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I, in, in those days, you remember... Uh, the suburban's primary function was to make money, and nothing wrong with that. If you inform the community, terrific. But really, it was about 80% advertising, and it was it was a money maker. There's no question. But um, I applied for a job there in 1980. Started in the in June of 1980, and it was a like I said in my goodbye piece in the CJN. It was an absolute meat grinder. Uh, I, I was I worked. I worked eight days a week, and I could have worked more if I wanted to. I covered four city halls. I covered the Jewish community, which in those days was undergoing, uh, you know, challenges in a, in a changing Quebec, and it was uh, not an easy time. And I did uh, some arts writing. I did, everyone everyone did a little bit of everything. So it was a it was a wonderful sort of uh, experiment about uh, you know sink or swim, and um, it was and so it was like. You know, uh, some people made it, some people didn't. I spent about two and a half years there, and then I moved on to other things. But it was a good time. Uh, and, and Bernie, uh, I, ha- I can't uh, end this podcast without talking about the, the amazing years we had together at Canadian Jewish Congress. Ron was there, too, for a few but, but really exciting things. I mean, we were, we were breaking stories in the national media. And, and when the Canadian Jewish Congress uh, closed down its operations, I mean, I left uh, in uh, 1999, but when the Canadian uh, Jewish Congress uh, shut down i don't believe there's any organization that has really truly replaced it you know what michael to this very day i still receive calls from journalists when a a, a jewish news story breaks here in canada asking me for comment on behalf of the canadian jewish congress 
to this very day. And I, I and I say to them, guys, uh, you know, the Canadian Jewish Congress is no more. It's 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 folded in 2011. <laughs> um, so uh, you know that that tells you about the 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 power of this of this really important organization that that you know came to be in 1919, uh, and it had its ups and downs. It it it. Uh, it, it, it rose until maybe the late 20s, and then it folded, and then it came back again uh, in, in the late 1930s and stuck stuck it out to 2011. I'm always of the hope that that, that Canadian Jewish Congress Phoenix may one day rise again. I've always said that if there is no Canadian Jewish Congress, somebody's going to have to invent one. Um, and uh, you know, given given the kind of things that we're seeing today, uh, it's it really is necessary. We really, Michael, and you'll, you'll remember this. We really were focused. We understood anti-Semitism. We understood our community, uh, and we were fearless when it came to getting information out to the general media. Fearless, and, and you were terrific. I remember I used to drive with you between cities. Sometimes we were in, in, the, in Eastern Canada, sometimes Western Canada, and you carried in a little suitcase this this cell phone, for lack of a better term. It, it literally was was the size of a suitcase. This it was. It, and it took two of us sometimes to lift the case out of your car, but there yes. was not there was not a moment that when a story broke that the that the general news media they always knew that they can get in touch with Mike Cohen, they can get in touch with Bernie Farber when Ron worked as communications director, and I think Ron actually helped me write my very first op-ed on the Merchant of Venice, which I've never forgotten. He helped me huh. launch my my writing career. So you know we've all played this this role and we've worked honestly with some of the greats uh you know jack silverstone who was our executive director when we we, we both first started manuel prucci who was the director national director of community relations who, who was very much a mentor to me and others in the community relations field the great ben capitz who uh who you know who i i actually you know took over his job when he retired he was a living walking canadian jewish encyclopedia so many more people who were who were involved and helped make this Jewish community vibrant. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was there, there was many many others. And uh, one of the things that I would always say is this really was the day before, well before social media. I can only imagine what we could have done now. I mean, I was using a fax machine. Uh, um, people had to call me in my office because uh, I didn't always have that cell phone only came in my like latter years at at Congress. Uh, I mean, texting didn't exist. Yet we were everywhere in the media. When we would go to Ottawa to meet with a minister, I mean, they would roll out the red carpet. We'd show up in a city. We'd go to the Calgary Herald or the Edmonton Sun and the editorial board. Oh, my gosh, Canadian Jewish Congress is here. It was unbelievable. And I don't think there's an organization right now. I would have to say that Benny Birth Canada right now probably has the, the best standing in terms of, of, of name recognition that people would feel that way about. But Congress is missed. And who knows, Bernie, uh, maybe uh, in your third retirement, you'll bring it back. <laughs> well, I call it rewirement. I, I, I wanted to relate one more short story. You will, you will remember Michael and, and, and Ron, the, the late, um, wonderful uh, Alan Rose, uh, who was really one of Canada, Canadian Jury's great advocates, especially with government. He was our, he was our diplomat at large. Yeah. And I remember when I, the first year I worked for Congress, must have been 1984, 1985, he, he brought me with him to Parliament Hill uh, to visit the, uh, the, the foreign minister. And I can't even remember who it was at the time. It might have been Flora McDonald or somebody like that. I was in awe. 
And I was in awe because we were there not necessarily for a nice social visit. Uh, Alan actually had to uh, get information out in a very direct and critical manner. And it was a lesson watching him of, of sheer diplomacy in action. Um, and these were the type of people that, that were attracted to Canadian Jewish Congress. Saul Hayes of living memory as well before my time. But these, these people were legends, legends. And I really lament the loss of this, this organization that meant so much. And in many ways, the Canadian Jewish record reflects the kind of work uh, that was done by organizations like like the Canadian Jewish Congress. We get the news out there about the Canadian Jewry and our editorials and our columns are an open tent. You you will see that we 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 you know try to reflect the very best of what is Canadian Jewry, uh, no matter where that political angle is, the political scale. Uh, you know what they say, uh, you know one Jew ten opinions. That's the Canadian Jewish record. And people do. They go back and forth. Ron will tell you the number of, of articles and requests we get for columns, um, all reflecting very different points of view. It's, it's really, a, it's really kind, kind of a marvel. Well, uh, people can go to CanadianJewishRecord.ca. Uh, they could make monthly or yearly contributions. Uh, it's on a vol- it's volunteer based, so therefore uh, the donations are not at this point tax deductible. I see great things for this and maybe other iterations. Uh, Bernie, Ron, thanks so much for joining me. Best of luck. We'll stay in touch. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Be well. Take care. All right. Bye. My guests have been Bernie Farber and Ron Sillig.